right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, September 10th, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. I'm your host, Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi, here today, as always, alongside longtime Red Wings fan, my friend, all-around good guy, sometimes, Ethan Smith. Yeah, Ethan. baby, I try my best. How's it going today, pal? Great, man. I've been thinking about interrupting your intro all day. <laughs> you didn't do a very good job. You waited for me to introduce you. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry to me. Be sorry to yourself. And the sorry past the, version of you for not listeners. living up to your expectations. Yeah, I'm sorry to the listeners. I'm sorry to my mom. And your girlfriend? No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Uh, she doesn't listen to this. It's fine. Couldn't be me. So we've got some news for you guys today. We're going to take you around the league, talk to you about the latest news outside of the NHL playoffs that's been uh, going around. We've got a draft date finalized. We've got a free agency date finalized. And uh, we've got some awards that have been announced over the last couple of days. Uh, the NHL has been trickling those out kind of, over since the start of the week, uh, we've got the the Masterson Trophy, the King Clancy, the Coach of the Year. Those were all announced. You're going to be real intrigued to find out where Red Wings head coach Jeff Blaschel landed uh, amongst those candidates. So stick around for that. We're also going to take a look at some interesting Western Conference. Uh, not I, I wouldn't say interesting, but I guess just a couple of players that the Red Wings might be able to target this offseason, provide some salary relief. Uh, in exchange, you know, for some prospects or maybe a couple of draft picks or something along those lines. Should be lots of fun. But, Ethan, we finally have a day finalized for the NHL draft. October 6th will be the day that the Red Wings fans all across the world, all across this podcast listenership, finally find out who the Red Wings will take number fourth overall. Who will go second overall to the Los Angeles Kings? Will it be Jamie Drysdale? Will it be Quentin Byfield? Will it be Tim Stutzla? We don't know yet. Lots of unanswered questions. We'll finally get the answer to those. I cannot wait to finally just like put all of this to rest. You um, know what I'm excited for? For that what? It starts up in January, the season does? I have no idea. I don't know if they've announced it yet. That's just like what sure. people are speculating. Okay, well, that's wonderful. Do you, do you understand how amazing basically – November, two and a half months of just straight up football is going to be. I know. So oh football starts tonight. God. And it doesn't even really feel like it. It, it, it is honestly going to take oh. me witnessing oh. that first game, like me coming home from work tonight and like so the fun. Chiefs and Texans being on my television. And even then, I don't necessarily know that I will f- fully 100% believe it. I just, I'm so excited. I can't wait to just get into that Sunday, waking up late, uh, enjoying your day off. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh my God, let's have a good late breakfast, early lunch, and then roll right into the Lions games. Crack a beer. It's time. Football baby's back. <laughs> so we've got uh, free agency starts October 9th. Uh, so that'll be, I believe, two days after the draft. I think that's a Friday. I probably should have checked that, but I know the draft starts on a Tuesday. It's like a Tuesday, Wednesday, 
and then yeah that'll make sense that it's a friday so we'll go with that for now until i check the calendar uh you can check the calendar as well confirm my work so what i i'm really it's it's gonna be nice to finally have some like news to talk about as it pertains to the red wings because right now we're just kind of going over like possibilities of how things could shake out and quite honestly i'm sick of it (laughs) i know only so much you can talk about uh boston bruins we hate those guys. We trashed them yesterday on our uh, Dancing on Graves episode with Kyle Demetrius from Lockdown Sharks. We actually had two episodes yesterday. We trashed the Eastern Conference losers in one of them, the Western Conference losers in the other. Uh, so go check those out if you haven't already. But one of the teams we talked about was Boston. They lost to Tampa four games to one in the Eastern Conference semifinal. And yet still today they have something to hang their hat on, and that's that Jack Cassidy Bruce Cassidy, coach of the Bruins, won the Jack Adams Award. I'm getting all tongue twisted here. Did Holly. I say Jack Cassidy earlier? Yeah, you did. That was twice, and you let you just let it happen. Oopsie poopsie. So Bruce Cassidy wins Coach of the Year. There you uh, go. Unfortunately, uh, he was not the uh, guy who convinces his goaltender not to opt out of the NHL playoffs person of the year. Otherwise, Boston might still be playing right now. His daughter was in the hospital, guys. we're not his team uh not too surprisingly not in the final list of candidates i i mean that was a surprise to me i i was i was waiting to see where jeff blashell turned up simply because of the fact that uh he didn't quit like i i if i were jeff blashell you know what they say like when the going gets tough tough get going i've realized that i'm not a i'm not a tough person because when the going gets tough i quit that's my thing wait you thought, wait, when did Jeff get going this year? Oh, he always got What did he get going? going? Was it his job to get the team going? Because if he did, he miserably failed. Well, we've talked about it before. Like, it is, like, say what you want about Jeff Blashill, but at the end of the day, like, as bad as this team was, you didn't really – there wasn't a lot of, like, turmoil, like, that accompanies really, really, really bad teams. There was no locker room drama. There was no beef that, like, you ever heard about, stuff like that. Like, I feel like that's pretty common That sounds like teams. a locker room problem to me. That sounds like a, guy, a bunch of guys with no drive. Correct. Maybe they need a new coach. No, I disagree. Maybe it was the coach's fault. Yeah, you might be right. All right, fair enough. So do you think <laughs> that he should have qualified for the Jack Adams Award? Um, no. <laughs> Is there an anti-Jack Adams Award? Yes. That's we need to. We'll, that's we'll another podcast out. idea right there. Is just thinking of uh, horrible awards to give out to every single. That's a that is a new Friday episode that we're gonna do sometime. Is yes. the the hey worst back checker of the team award? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely like um, like grayest hair award or something. You know Jim what I mean? Miller every year. Yes, the player who gives us the most gray hairs award. You know. Boom. Oh, I like that. I love it. Okay. That's a new one. Uh, also, Bobby Ryan down. wins the Masterson. Every episode. <laughs> Bobby Ryan wins the <laughs> Masterson. Uh, his his comeback, fighting back from uh, alcohol abuse and that struggle. I believe he scored a hat trick in his first game back. That was just a oh yeah, one of those moments that you're like, this is what sports are all about. Like taking these personal lows and being able to overcome them and achieve uh, professional heights and stuff like that. Like I remember 
I, I remember just him crying on the bench. Like that's just a moment that will last. I know. Like, that's what I was just about to say. I'll ever remember that or forget that. Uh, and then also uh, Matt Dumba winning the King Clancy award. Not too surprising there, especially after he came out uh, at the start of the qualifying round and kind of, you know, to put his neck out there for the NHL and kind of spoke on behalf of the NHL and their players and their mission and stuff like that. So good to see uh, both of those guys get recognized for their efforts we're going to move on to some of the guys Wait, that before you know, we do. Yes. Before we do. Um, a really cool thing about that speech that he did was that he's the one that came up with everything for that. And um, I had read a story that he was really, really nervous to do it. And a couple of his teammates on Minnesota were there and like were with him throughout the day just for, um, just positive reinforcement and stuff like that. I just, I thought that was just a beautiful thing for the sport and really just sportsmanship and just humans in general. I think Mm -hmm. it's just phenomenal. No, I'm with you, especially in a time like this, everything seems so divisive. It's, it's uh, encouraging to see people come together in such a way. Right. Like the, like the way that like 95% of the people in the world are, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're all just people. We're all just people. Uh, and we are people who have cars. We're people who have issues with our cars. And oh, my no goodness. And no longer will that be uh, something that is completely debilitating. Because here's the deal, guys. It's getting a little bit chilly outside, and you're going to want to fix up your car before winter hits. So head on over to rockauto.com, because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Now, why would you endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning from the counterman while he sits there, orders the parts, you feel uncomfortable, you don't know whether to reach for your phone, make small talk, oh, so how was your day? Or, you know, some, something along those lines, just an overall terrible experience, just humans, just human interaction, it's just awful. Uh, so don't do that. Go to rockauto.com because they're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years and they have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet but the best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers so why would you spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts when you can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck go there right now and when you get there right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you that's it just write locked on in their how did you hear about us box they've got amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need it's rockauto.com. Got a boy. Thank you. All right. Second segment of the day. Going to be digging into some of the, uh, just a potential, a couple potential offseason trade targets for the Red Wings. Teams who are in need uh, of freeing up some cap space. We've, we've identified a couple of those players that they might be looking to get rid of. And we'll keep doing this. Uh, kind of as the offseason goes on, just identify a guy here, identify a guy there. Okay, guy I'm looking at, he's played both left and right shot def- or he's played both left and right defense. He's got one year left at the end of this year at $4.25 million, affordable defenseman. He's 31 years old, six foot one, 225 pounds. From Ann Arbor, Michigan, ladies and gentlemen, your future Detroit Red Wing, Ian Cole. 
I like that a lot, actually. Dude, and I, this, <clears throat> he's had he's got pretty decent stats. 26 points in 65 games. He's mm-hmm. a plus 21. I mean, 36 penalty minutes. He's going to play both ways for you. Four goals, 22 assists in 65 games. I, it's, I mean, it's kind of like another Patrick Nemeth signing, but... I think a little bit better than a Patrick Nemeth sign, signing. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Right. Um, it's along the same lines. And the thing is, the reason why I think this could be something that Colorado goes for is because they have a couple big names. Well, not big names, but uh, Andre Perikovsky, who's put up 45 points in 60 games for them this year, has to be re-signed. He's an RFA. And same with Vladislav Nemestikov. He's an, he's an unrestricted free agent, came over from Ottawa at the trade deadline, was on fire for them in the regular season before the shutdown. He's got five points in 12 games for them in the playoffs. Um, they also have to sign Nikita Zadorov, so it could be a bit of a dump there to keep this team younger and flowing and offensive. So definitely think this that would be an option for them. And I think, too, like that that's not only uh, a move that could help the Red Wings get assets. And, and trust me, like I, I don't I wouldn't expect a ton in return for Ian Cole, maybe a mid mid round pick in exchange for that. But it, also it's a it's a move that makes your team better next year, brings in some veteran presence uh, and it doesn't handcuff you for the future. Obviously, four point five million dollars—that's a—that's a number that the Red Wings piss at right now with their salary cap situation. Yep. Uh, so I actually like that and a lot. Nolan, you're—you've left out the part that he's from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I didn't leave that part out, or you already covered that. I don't want to. Well, be I rhetorical. just wanted you. I didn't want you to forget that. <laughs> and actually, you like not only is he a guy that that fits in the. I think he's a guy who probably plays on your top defense pair right now like if I mean I, I guess it's kind of a toss-up between him and Danny DeKaiser but like I think right now like Ian Cole I would take Ian Cole's track record of the last three seasons way over Danny DeKaiser the only point of concern of mine uh for Colorado I guess to to get the trade done is does Colorado want to rid themselves of a defenseman who uh has proved to be solid who can put up points uh, when they do, you know, you, you don't want to just, we saw what happened when Eric Johnson went down in these playoffs, like their, their decor kind of fall apart and we kind of made fun of them for that. Uh, well, but I don't think you're ready to pin your hopes on Bowen Byram and Kale McCarr just yet. Uh, Sam Jard is still is in there too. They've signed, they've signed him long-term for 5 million a year. Um, but Bowen Brim is definitely a guy that's going to be coming up next year. He's definitely played his way out of juniors. Um, I think they're definitely going to give him a shot at least, give him nine games next year. So, um, I mean, it's kind of a risk you have to toe in. If you can honestly get somebody like a Patrick Nemeth or something to play in the bottom, that last D roll for you and just log penalty kill minutes, that could help some of the uh, defense that they could be losing with Cole. Mm-hmm. But I mean, only time will tell. That's interesting. I actually like that a lot. Pat, like you, you get just a little bit better of a defenseman and maybe a mid to late round pick. Yep. I dude, I've Way played cheaper. a lot of franchise mode in NHL series. So you're pretty much the expert. You I should, mean, you should be my GM whole life, man. Just give me that shot. 
Uh, and be, I'll be the general manager, of the Toledo walleye. The thing is care. with, all right. So I, the thing is with Nemeth though, is like, is that $1.5 million in cap discrepancy worth it to give up an asset or even worth trading for to, I guess, lower the prominence of your defenseman of your blue line. Uh, you mean you're talking for the Red Wings? No, I'm talking about from a Colorado standpoint. Like Patrick Nemeth is making three million dollars over the next two years, uh, or sorry, three million dollars through next year. He's at UFA in 2021. I just wonder if that would be worth it in exchange. Like I don't know. I mean, you could also think of somebody like Biega too, because I mean, if you're going to bring up uh, Bowen Bram, and then you're going to have two forwards that you sign for at least three years that are going to mm-hmm. give you 50 points each. I mean, it's just kind of a give and take. It just, I guess it's really whatever Sackick imagines this team being. And right now I picture them being an offensive wagon. So, I mean, it's, I'd love to see it. I like Colorado. I mean, they're only going to get better. They're still mm-hmm. young. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. We will uh, take you into the last segment of the day. Be sure to come right back on the other side of this one where Ethan is going to give me a surprise team, a surprise player, or a surprise player from the Minnesota Wild that he thinks the Red Wings could target uh, in the upcoming offseason. You're listening to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, a proud member of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. And we're back with the last segment of the day. Ethan has another player that he wants to run by me as a potential trade target for the Detroit Red Wings uh, this offseason. Ethan, who you got from the Minnesota okay. Wild? <laughs> okay. Um, this, man, <laughs> this man put up 48 points in 69 games this year. Is it Eric Stahl? I'm just no, guessing. don't, don't, no, don't guess. You have to let me tee this up for you. Um, <laughs> he has five years left on his deal that I already don't we like won't this. have to worry about if he retires because That's Minnesota exactly signed this. Is it Ryan Suter? It's Ryan Suter. <laughs> but listen, but okay. listen, this I in in my brain earlier this worked. Five years left at seven point five. Um Minnesota struggled this year once again. Zach Parise was in the trade rumors leading up to and on the on the trade deadline day. Miku Koivu's a fr- uh unrestricted free agent and he's not gonna resign there. Bunch of rumors about that. It's basically been confirmed. Captain's piecing out. He's still very serviceable. Like I said, put up almost 50 points in 65 games. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. We're gonna, we would, to take on that horrible cap hit from them and alleviate them of $7.5 million annually for the next five years to unhandcuff that team, we would get so much for future considerations we would get we wouldn't have to pay a dime to take this man's contract this team wants to get younger they want to rebuild yeah and i guess you're just at that point if you're the red wings you're just taking a gamble that he doesn't uh regress to the point that his contract is absolutely unbearable i just have a hard time with that length five years he's gonna be that's his age 40 season i'm pretty sure if my math is correct, I get I get weird with like subtracting and adding numbers. Like I feel whatever he's in ages and stuff like that. You're uh, right. He's he's 35 and he has five years left. Yeah. Okay. So 
that's that's my big issue is what happens when it's 2023 2024 and the Red Wings have somebody that they need to resign but they can't because Ryan Suter is you know one of their they can't resign one of their stars they can't resign their 2020 prize draft pick they can't resign their 2021 prize draft pick because Ryan Suter is taking up 7.5 million dollars in the blue line well that's when you just send them down or you buy them out for two years at like $2 million each year. That's, I mean, I would have to imagine the way that Eisman built Tampa Bay that we're not going to be running into horrible, horrible issues like Toronto has. Or dude, you like, I'm just on Minnesota's cap friendly. They also have Zuccarello for another five years at 33 years old at $6 million a year. That's brutal. And it's the same contract for Parise as Suter. Oh my goodness, this team is just, just so bad. So how, horribly bad. How thrilled in hindsight are you <laughs> that neither of those guys signed with the Red Wings? So happy. It wouldn't have helped us. I don't and, know. Oh, don't forget they have Kirill Kaprizov too coming back or not coming back on his finally coming to the NHL. As and he's been deemed the next Panarin, so that's pretty cool. Gonna si- sign with them for one, a one year deal next year. They're gonna have to si- re sign him, they're gonna have to get rid of one of these guys. Explain to me what you mean by just buying him out for two million dollars. Like, what, what does that mean? What are you saying? Okay, so let's say, like you said, he's going into the last year of his deal mm-hmm. and he's got one year left at 7.5. If you buy him out, it takes away a chunk. So granted, it might not be exactly $2 million. It might be 2.3, but that's going to cut off four, basically what? $4.25, million off of your salary. Mm-hmm. And then you'll just basically take a $2 million penalty the year after. So if you buy him out with three years left, on his deal, that means you have a buyout penalty for six years with those three years after his contract would have been over that you're taking that penalty, which is why you're not going to buy out Abdicator with four years left on his contract because you'd be slapped with an eight-year buyout penalty. So those four years after his contract would have been over, you, are, you still have his cap on your salary which is why it's really not ideal to buy players out or to sign them to horrible salaries like we're talking about right now. So it's different if that player is traded to you and you're not the actual one that signed him? Well, the thing is, there's a cap penalty for 35-plus-year-old players. So let's say, like how Parise and Suter signed their deals, if they both don't play and retire through their contracts, mm-hmm. if they retire after the last year of their contract, Minnesota won't be hit with any horrible cap penalty, but I don't, I, I can't go into specifics on this because it's so analytical and um, accountancy and I'm not an accountancy That's type of person. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know, man. You just added it's, 35 it's something, it's something absolutely astronomical that like, let's say Pruder, Pruder, Parise and Suter. <laughs> um, let's say they both retire with a solid two years left. Mm-hmm. Minnesota is going to be hit with like a $30 million cap penalty, which okay. is team folding horrible. 
you know? Yeah. So the NHL is probably going to have to step in and just slap them with a, oh, guess what? You guys don't get a first-round pick and a second-round pick in either this year or next year's draft. Take your pick. Shame on you guys. And here's also, like, a $5 million cap penalty. Just because, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, um, Nashville and uh, Shea Weber, too. Like, if he doesn't play through his entire contract, he's going to – Nashville's going to be hit with a horrible cap recapture penalty. Horrible. Okay. All right. So well, it's, it's, it's getting into – it's basically the end of that fuzzy time where you could sign a player to a 12-year deal and just be like, yeah. oh, yeah, just, here's all the money. Stay home. Stay yeah. with us. Hey, uh, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, how does uh, – Yes, exactly. It's like, it's like the Scientology thing. Yes. When they sign, like, billion-year – contracts yes mm, interesting well i mean if it's as low risk as you say it is i, I don't know i guess you're hey, the man, you're the it. you're the nhl be a gmo guy so I yeah mean, man i guess i uh the only times i've rebuilt the red wings man it's crazy <laughs> oh boy Turn anybody down to easy <laughs> get like try and ball out for that first overall pick I did that one time when I like first started, uh, I did like expansion mode, be a GM mode. Yeah. And I like just signed a bunch of, I, I traded all of my players away. I signed every free agent that I could that off season. I had the first like 12 picks in the draft. And, uh, did you get fired? I got fired. You got to turn off the to fruition. And it was yeah, really disappointing got... because I spent <laughs> yeah. a lot of time like negotiating <laughs> and all that other stuff. Yeah. And then I just got fired just from the, from the expansion GM team that I built. I'm sorry. I can't. It was the, uh, the Miami birds of war. Whenever I make an expansion team in like <laughs> NBA or NHL, it's always, we're always the birds of war. We had a sick color scheme. It was like Miami vice, like black, hot pink, hot blue. Do you remember the do you remember the name of the team that I can't remember what it was? Um but I remember like my jerseys were like rainbow and my logo was like a pizza and I had no. like burgers as as the shoulders uh patches. You guys are just I can't, the pack, I can't remember. packs on packs I'll have on to load I'll have to load team. it up. Yeah, it's probably something. It was the, the jerseys were so gross. I tried to find all just as many horribly ugly colors as I could. All the seats were like pink in the arena. I Good love times. that. Good all times. right. Uh, well, that does it for today's episode. <laughs> we will see you guys tomorrow. We're going to do How Do You Feel About a Friday? Me and Ethan for the first segment, and then we're going to be joined by Matt Derry from the Lockdown Lions podcast. Talk about their season opener on Sunday. What to expect? Uh, from the team this upcoming year. Just ask him how he feels about some things. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Do us a favor, rate, review, subscribe to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.